1: End of Prophets
2: Month Wow That was quick October was fast, quick and in a hurry And I tell you what We're almost in November November is the near summit Our near apostolic summit And I tell you what God is going to move He's already moving in It's very interesting when you're going to do something big for the Lord Because you feel His presence moving in And He takes up space Invisible doesn't mean there's no space being taken up. And this Friday, actually let's talk about this Friday here at the embassy, and I believe we are broadcasting this as as well, we are having a prophecy, prayer, worship night, 7 p.m. It starts right here at the embassy. And just get ready to fall out. Boom we're we're having the dance team is dancing the worship team we have a guest worship minister pastor chris emery from breakthrough church here in tulsa oklahoma man has an anointing and a half for worship hallelujah and uh, i don't know did you put up did you put up the graphic for it okay and uh and so we're going oh yeah there it is i have the delay sorry guys i have a delay all right and you'll see all the faces there our homegrown prophets are going to be ministering prophetically Dr. Price is going to do what Dr. Price does. We don't even know what that means, but we know it's going to be powerful. Whenever you plan a prophetic night, you have a plan and then it's a flex plan. You know, you have to be flexible with the prophetic, which is interesting because the office is so rigid, but the flow within it can be fluid. And so just like this, okay, I have this cup right here. This is a hard, solid cup. Let this be the office, okay? This mug is your office. You can't bend it. I mean, you can throw it. You can hurt it. But this is what holds you, the liquid on the inside. And so you, the fluid you, has to take the shape of the office in order to stay within the the confines of what God has set up. So we have this prophetic night, and we're going to flow on Friday. I tell you what, I don't know if we've done anything recently where everybody is so excited. I'm ready. I'm ready. All I know is I'm ready for Friday. I'm saving up. Who who, said your mom said, I'm saving up for Friday. I'm saving up. Somebody said to me yesterday, but I'm just so excited about Friday. When people get excited about what God is doing, that usually means God is excited about what he is about to do. So come ready. Come expecting. If you can be in the house with us, be in the house. You can watch a prophetic thing online on television. You can do all those things. But I tell you, there's something about falling back in your own pew rolling on your own carpet somebody coming and laying hands on you randomly who knows how this is going to go but we do have an agenda and we're rolling with God and then not too many weeks from now is the annual apostolic summit and uh, let's see who's teaching I'm teaching Dr. price is teaching Apostle Stephen Holt senior is teaching as well as our guest speakers John Bennett and John Guandola. Now, Guandolo. now uh these gentlemen are both in the political arena uh, one was in one of the federal agencies and is now doing other things to sound the alarm. So we're going to go to our summit commercial here very quickly, and then we'll be back to talk about Profits Month. Kat. down the days to end profits month profits month it's great that it's in October because we are combating the darkness and now that Halloween is not just a day but they want to make it into a season we need the prophets up in their high places to combat this I mean we are having the craziest weather here and see I know part of this is witchcraft because it doesn't make any kind of sense and so uh The Prophet's Dictionary, this is the Prophet's Dictionary. Uh, This book has had so many lives, okay? Those who have been with Dr. Price for a long, long time, like longer than 20 years, then you might have the first version of the dictionary, which is a spiral book. And do you know why it's no longer spirally bound other than the fact that it's, well, a dictionary this thick? People would steal it, take it apart, photocopy it, and sell it at their events, raise the prices. We know people who would sell it. This is 25 24 95 People would sell it back in the day for 50 bucks. People would buy it, and they would take all the money. And so as soon as she was able to self-publish, she did. So the self-published book is the gold and black cover. <clears throat> That's the second life. Same book, second life. And then when Whitaker House picked up the book, this is the cover that it has now, 1,600 terms, I tell you what over 1,600, and it just blows my mind on what is in this prophet's dictionary. Different terms, covenant, cow, okay, creation, archons, creation, myths, Mm, interesting, dispensation, didactic, prophetics, false prophecy, false prophets, yeah, this is colored up in my book for sure. I've taught on that before. If you want a real thorough definition of what a false prophet is, term number 500 in the prophet's dictionary is false prophets. And she rolls it down from page 207, 208, 209, 210, 211. Top of 212, one of the most extensive definitions in the Prophet's Dictionary. Islam is also a very extensive definition in the Prophet's Dictionary. Familiar spirits, if you want to learn about familiar spirits, heresy, term number 630, if you want to know about heresy, also an extensive definition, not as long as false prophet, but bless God, to break down what heresy actually is, hierarchy, lilith, lilith. Now, what was the show? The character's name was Lilith. Fraser. Okay, I was like Fraser or Cheers. You know, I knew it was, <laughs>
1: it,
2: was, it, was, it, was it was all okay. Okay, so Lilith, the name of a female demon, dubbed the night owl by the Lord in Isaiah thirty-four one through fourteen, with a name that comes from the Akkadian lilitu which means demon. She appears as a feminine demon. Lilith represents a harlot, either naturally or spiritually opposing the righteousness of God. The name means she of the night.
1: Woo! (laughs) Shonda!
2: Lilith is a spirit of lust that often seeks to possess and seduce males to commit fornication with her, usually in the night. Which is why when the sun goes down, people lose their minds. Her name comes from the Hebrew word of specter, S-P-E-C-T-E-R. It means ghost. Lilith represents a winding, spiraling force that beckons her victims up to a dark spiritual heaven with the promise of sensual pleasure. If this isn't the the premise of half of the Hollywood script, I don't know what is. As a night creature, Lilith manifests gloom and appears as a lone, howling creature with a goddess-like presence. Her dwellings, according to scripture according to scripture, so you don't have to go to Hollywood to read the word, are always desolate places. That's why that devil wants to get you alone to seduce you. You know how one of the, I would say in my experience, one of the primary points of seduction is isolation. People want to come in between, that seducing spirit wants to come in between you and whatever you're connected to, to get you off by yourself, to do all these things, to, to try and convince you that nobody understands you but them. All of that language, that's seduction at work. And we just think it's one thing. The name also stands for owls, satires, and other idols worshipped with perverse sexual appetites. Her name is synonymous with ominous thing. Sela. This is why you should get the book. And if you have the book, read the book. (laughs) All right? Then there's Lily, which is different from Lilith. Completely different meaning, as a matter of fact. Line of profit. Ooh, since this is prophet month. Term number 777. How wonderful. Is line of profit, one who serves in a convened prophetic presbytery for the purpose of sharing and distributing the prophetic load of a large gathering. That means what we do, get up here in this line and say something from God. And then on. Lizard is in here, manifesting prophetic manipulation. I'm looking over the glasses here. Okay. Ooh, yes. Okay, let's see. Today it is a word often applied to prophecy delivered for personal gain or to coerce, favor, submission, or support from another. Manipulative prophetics. I tell you what. And that's when your uh, integrity is challenged. Prophecy is obviously in the Prophecy Dictionary. Prophetic, an- Prophecy, anointing, confirmation. And then there's this whole section of terms uh, with prophetic. Prophetic dream, drama, duties, duties, disciplines, functions. I mean, on and on and on it goes. Purpose is in here. The color purple is in here. Not about the movie, what the actual color is. Uh, siege mount. Then you have names. Silas. And all the way through, trees. If you want to know if you dream about trees or what's going on with the tree, it's in there. Triad, water, werewolf. It's Halloween season. Werewolf, an entertainment figment that portrays humans transforming into wolves at the full moon, See, wanton, and swastika. Okay. I want to have a dictionary study right now. The modern day imagination of the werewolf is rooted in wotans wat, excuse me martial yeah martial aspects wolf pelts used by his early tribal warriors were part of the pre combat ritual where ceremonial intoxication played a great part, continuing to don the animal skin the wolf clad fighter went into battle fully deprived of reason since. And compassion by having used hallucinogens to fully be given over to the bloodlust of Wotan's savagery. Interesting here. Wow, wow, wow. Shondo. Thus the need for tearing and bloodletting was satisfied in battle. The wolf transformation is so the entranced warrior lost all presence of mind to take on the fullness of the wolfish spirit. Woo, these people are channeling spirits. In doing so, he is made nearly invincible, incapable of sinking into the deepest depravity to engage in mortal combat. It is that state of mind that caused the myth of a werewolf transforming to take hold, transformation to take hold. Furthermore, empowered by the lunar goddess of war, along with the patriarchal presence of Wotan, all worshippers gave sway to its martial savagery for triumphs in war so this is the connection between the full moon and the werewolf this spirit was summoned through its ancient rituals to use the petitioner to execute its murderous agenda of destroying human beings see if you're a prophet prophet in training apostle apostle in training you need to be studying this book cover to cover to understand every aspect of what we're called to come against apostles and prophets aren't standing around here just to preach a good word our job is to not just say don't watch that because it's not christian our job is to say this is why you shouldn't watch it because these are the devils that are trying to inhabit you so when you're going through a hard time that you summon your werewolf spirit You worship the full moon. You do all of these things. And so that is term number 1599, werewolf, 1599 in the prophet's dictionary. I tell you what, study which, study the terms that are about, let's just say, I don't know, this season, this era that we are in. Might be a good idea. I don't know. Take initiative there. (laughs) Take initiative. If you are in school or if you're training, Please take initiative and not just wait for something to be a homework assignment before you do it. Well, I mean, that wasn't in our homework, so I don't even know why we, and how are we supposed to, because we have all, I'm trying to see if Halloween is in here. Halloween is in here. Halloween is in the Prophet's Dictionary. Here we go. Term number, well, after hairy garments, okay. Uh, Halloween, term number 593, October 31st. Which is Sunday, by the way. I can't wait to see how good church is on Sunday. A satanic holiday. A satanic holiday. A satanic holiday. You can trunk and treat all you want to. On, thank you. Halloween is a satanic holiday for the intermingling of occultic agents and demonic spirits. Sam uh, Samhain comes from the Gaelic word. Those who celebrate it seek to exalt profanity uncleanness and witchcraft it is a high offering day for witches sorcerers and occultists of all kinds the time falls at a seasonal harvest time that's halloween that's why when we're in halloween season with one hulu what do they say uh, huluween for the whole month they now you're seeing all of this branding halloween rebranding for all of these platforms and whatever and what everything about halloween is about death See, we have brought it down to trick-or-treating. A nice little costume, is is so cute. You know what some of those little costumes does? It's like, that is the cutest little thing that you just look like. No, because what is it for? What is it for? We have separated what things are for and just removed, no, I'm just not going to. You know, that's like the abuser who says, well, I'm not abusing you to hurt you. I'm abusing you because I love you, and you need this in order to be a better person. Oh, okay. Well, the law still says, no matter what, how you redefine it, that it's a crime. Okay. And so we've redefined all of this wickedness. Tattoos are no longer really tattoos, and, and fornication isn't really fornication anymore, and Halloween hasn't been Halloween for a long time. Oh, you know, we're just going to sanctify Jesus it up. We're just going to dress like Bible characters on uh, this occultic <laughs> satanic holiday. Wow. I'm Mary. Now, you don't want to be marrying in a cantata. You don't want to represent Jesus anywhere else. You don't, want your, you don't want to put your kids in anything else that's going to take any more of your time, but you're going to dress them up to pretend to be somebody that they're not. Walk around and break every rule you've taught them the other 364 days of the year. Don't talk to strangers. Don't take food from strangers. Don't trust people you don't know. Don't walk up to somebody's door that you don't know. But on that day, you can tell this is a devil because it overrides every form of safety that we now in this day and age life is dangerous You have people stalking your kids, hunting your kids, trying to uh, be predators and do all those things, and here you go. Now, But as long as they're with me, everything's going to be okay. So when you're not around and they see that person who gave them candy five days ago, who was actually a pedophile, and say, come on, honey, I have a little bit more candy for you. Your mommy knows me. Remember, you were at my door, and your little Bobby or Cindy disappears. Then what? You know how many kids disappear around Halloween? Do you know how many people get snatched off of the street? All dressed up. What they look like, Frankenstein? We don't know. Well, she, she, she looked like Cinderella, who walked off with 15 kids and threw them in the back of a van somewhere, never to be seen again. Listen, we are in a different age, and so we need to snap out of, you just need to make sure our kids have fun. Your kids can have fun all year long. But we're not having fun on Satan's time. We're going to do something else. But we're not doing that. Whenever I was a kid, uh, the school I went to before, the Christian school that I went to, in the afternoon, Halloween, whatever, they would, all the kids would change clothes, and they would do this walkthrough and get candy. Guess who came to pick up their children? Miss Elaine. Let's go. And you know what? I didn't care because I was like, I think this is stupid anyway. Something about it just felt dumb. I wasn't deep. I wasn't, <laughs> you know. Your spirit is what it is, even as a little kid. And I'm like, this is dumb. This is stupid. You have people, you have people looking like, dressing up like something else, looking like the stupidest things on feet, talking about. But it's you know, it's just fun. It's whatever. No, this is all a cover story. You have how many parties where they're imbibing? Drinking themselves under the table, orgies, getting uh, just wasted. We call it getting wasted. Wasted. Intoxicated to take yourself out. This has turned into an occultic prince's night. Season. Weekend now. Weekend. Whole month. People, now it used to be you just put maybe a little pumpkins out or whatever. Now you have people decorating for a whole month. Got the whole cemetery and death all over the place. One year at the front of our neighborhood, uh, somebody had one of those inflatable ghost things. I said, I cursed that thing to de- Jesus, listen, I need not at the gate of the neighborhood, though. No, we're not going to have a devil at the gate of the neighborhood. Last year wasn't up there. I said, no, no. And then this year, I'm like, God, bring the rain. Let it pour. Now, if it's all right, I need it to rain so hard to rain out Halloween. I need you to rain out Halloween and go home and eat an apple, okay? (laughs) We're going to talk about how candy isn't good for your teeth, how it rots you this, how it, it drops your level of focus. It's so bad for your diet. It's so bad for all these things. That's how you know it's a devil involved in making that happen. Prophets Month, you need to get your Prophets Dictionary. And if you have it, open it and read it to all the people in the back. Read your prophet's... Di- <laughs> okay? <laughs> the, the studio's cutting up. And the people in the front pointing fingers at the people in the back. That I know you haven't cracked open your book either. Open your prophet's dictionary and read this book. Everybody's cutting up in here. Read the dictionary. It is also... Come back. Focus. Come back. Come back. All right come back okay it is also in Spanish it's an abbreviated version as you can see it is not as thick it is uh, from what we've been told more of a simplified translation in Spanish so you're not going to get the same level of definition in your definitions there have been some thoughts about that translation I'm just letting you know this is not for sale by us but if you're in Korea you can get the proper dictionary in Korea isn't that cool Korean Dictionary, this is the cover in Korean. The whole book is in Korean. And our publisher sent this to us years ago. It was picked up in that nation. And um, this, oh, 2011, because the letter is still in here. Wow. I thought you'd like a copy of the foreign translation of your book for your records. Ha <laughs> ha, that is so great. And so that's the Prophet's Dictionary and all of its life. If you have not purchased this book, where have you been? And like I said, if you're here, especially in our organization, open it and read it. Help yourself out before you put your foot in your own mouth. All right, the prophet's handbook. Ooh. Discover the role of the prophetic ministry and why it is so necessary today. If you're in the prophetic company, you need to read this book before you cut up. Huh? If you want to be in a prophetic company, if you want to work with prophets, if you're assigned to work with prophets, read the prophet's handbook because it is a book to take you by the hand and walk you through the guide to prophecy and its operation, working with pastors, the root, the history, the origin of the office of the prophet, prophecy class 101, the prophet as God's thinker. I'll tell you what, false prophecy also shows up in here. Yes, I know. Mine is highlighted and colored as well. The view, the Bible's view of a prophetic company. See, if you're somebody who wants to just leave everything to your own interpretation and application, you will not educate yourself. You won't because education will be offensive to your rebellion. And so if you are somebody who is serious about what God has called you to do, you will be educated, not just self-study, not just my own, I taught myself, uh, but actually in an institution with credibility. The last thing, last graphic we're going to pull up here is on assessing your prophetic self. The recent, the newest baby to the family the prophetic family, and you'll see it come up on your screen, assessing your prophetic self, discover and train your gifts of prophecy. Discover and train. Not just discover and amplify. Not just discover and shout from the mountaintops your gift, hallelujah, your gifts of prophecy. <laughs> but study, discover and train, and you'll see up on the screen um, that it is about We want you to purchase this from Amazon if you have not already, and if you have, to give us your review. And you see I have five stars under there because that's what kind of review we want. Five-star review. Give us a review on this book, on the dictionary, on the handbook. If you have purchased them, go onto Amazon and post your review about the book. Now, it's important that you only write about the product that you are reviewing on. You can't review, we learned about all of this and why they will or won't approve reviews on Amazon. So you can't talk about the church, you can't talk about your history with Dr. Price, you can't talk about all the other books unless it's a loose reference. But Assessing Your Prophetic Self is awesome because. The dictionary is powerful because. And so as Prophets Month is winding down...
3: So you got yourself a little piece of education.
2: Well, I have one book in three different languages. Okay. You know, somebody, somebody's pervasive in the world. <laughs> Happy prophets month. The author of Love the prophets and the assessment. Oh, you know what I didn't have? Prophecy God's Divine Communications Media. It's on yeah. my shelf somewhere in my office. That's the other book. We'll talk about that another week. Mhm. Prophecy Divine. But that's the one
3: that's really interesting because everyone can start there because yes. because God starts. Everything with the prophet and everything prophetic with prophecy. Right. Because people will always want tomorrow's answers today.
2: I remember that class.
3: Yeah, that was a good class.
1: It was. Prophet.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Prophecy basics class. So I kind of feel like Prophet's Month is really a good month. I want to thank Prophet Tamira, Prophet Angela, Chief Prophet Tala. And all my other prophets, I want to thank you for making it a success. Every October we do Prophetic um, Prophets Month in October because somebody got to pray down paganism. So Prophets Month exists to quash or at least regulate paganism. See, y'all didn't know why we did it. So having prophets spend a whole month letting you know where it began with us because Abel is the first prophet. It all began with us. It began with the Most High God. And then Jesus became the victim of identity theft.
2: The
3: original. Okay, and then property theft. And on we go. So I'm excited about that. So did you enjoy Prophets, Mike? I did. Yeah? What did you like about it?
2: Well, I had Prophet CT on my show.
3: Oh,
1: but Prophet CT holds his own. Yes,
2: yes. And uh, we cut up quite a bit. Talked about the office and because he's in the military, mm-hmm. brought tremendous insight into being an officer, and then he jumped on the uh youth group that I did about uh cussing oh. profanity proof profanity. profanity and he he chimed in on that as a prophet as well mm-hmm. so prophet uh apostles and prophets working together mm-hmm. certainly I would say my favorite kingdom collaboration oh.
3: amen. Amen, how about you? I know you over there playing tech stuff, but tell us what did you think? Because this was your first Prophets month, wasn't it? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so I'd love to hear how you felt about it since we just kind of threw it on you. You know, in my organization, we throw things on like the you know like the mantle of Elijah on a, we just throw it. <laughs>
0: no um it's absolutely awesome and i think that it's really important that prophets do position themselves in the month of october as that fence that shield and that guard not just around the church Mm-hmm. but around the source mm-hmm. of whatever territory that they are assigned to. Many people are victimized in ways they can't even begin to understand by the occult.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: there is no other agency besides the apostles that God placed in the earth to address it. So I think that Prophets Month is a powerful time. I enjoyed being on Prophet Circle with Prophet Samira, being on Wednesday Warriors with Chief, and then on my own show discussing Prophet essentials so that people can understand how to identify mm-hmm. the authentic, germane prophet of the living God. Oh, I'm loving it.
1: That's all, That's all you got, huh? <laughs> okay, just a little bit of wait wait.
3: You know, in, in today's world, we approach the prophetic in one of two ways, and that is as a knockoff of Satan or a knockoff of God, either one knockoff or as the counterbalance, counteraction, countermanding, contradiction of pagan prophetic. See, so I, I use all of that. And when you write this many books, one thing you don't run out of is words, God's or yours. And so, you know, and I, I love it because when I talk to people who don't know a thing about the prophetic, they don't think that these accomplishments are milestones. And they don't think they're valuable to the king and the kingdom. But because we can talk all day long about prophecy and the prophetic being, you know, but that's about God and that's about the spirit and so I don't have to worry about it. No, no. If you have nothing actual Mm. that came from the factual of your prophetic perceptions, then you got nothing. We're not mind readers. So everything you say, we have to take that you got it from uh, your own mind or maybe the Lord. So I am all of this, and we didn't mention it, and we, I think we had a special on it this month, the prophets, uh, the PAQ assessment, but there is an assessment to tell you this. You know, I, I often use the fact that we are so trained by errancy to take people at their word. Yes. Well, God called me a prophet. Prove it. Nobody ever asks you to prove it. And when you do, if they do, you go and, and give us a prediction. Hopefully it's a prediction. Yeah. Okay? Because we don't know that. And one of the things that I appreciated about doing, um, you know, assessing your prophetic self, I appreciated that I got an opportunity to give the body of Christ tools, instruments, and parameters for understanding prophecy mm-hmm. and at least vetting the prophets in their words and their world and authenticating. See, those are real words, and those are words in Scripture. Yes. Scripture uses those, those, those synonyms, today modern synonyms. You are supposed to, uh, we use authenticate, Scripture uses verify or prove. God's greatest word, prove. Prove those who lay among you. So why should we take your word for it? Just because you predicted something that may or may not happen, right. because devils predict. That's what Deuteronomy 13 is all about. Devils predict. Witches predict. And they predict what their fallen demons and fallen angels have told them. And our job is to predict what has been in play from the foundation, from before the foundation of the world. We predict from the being that authored all language, right. all of it. You know, God... Fakes over false prophets too That's why y'all call them 900 numbers them psychic lines And y'all get a little piece of truth You know why? Because God knows good and well We don't have a big enough staff to serve you yet We don't have an orderly enough staff to serve you yet We don't have an organized enough staff to serve you yet But you need to understand We're coming on strong Because we are the first prophet, prophecy, prediction, future telling All of that began with our God and a lot of you all don't know because you don't read your Bible. You're reading all of their little books and all of their little textbooks and whatever and go sit there. God wrote all that they did, everything they did, recorded it, noted, gave us solutions about it in one book.
1: Because
3: as an author and the finisher, you can do it in one. Yes, you can. So we all got it from one book. You imagine we got one God, y'all got a lot. I'm I'm just happy I don't have to kind of negotiate which God is showing up with that. Amen. You know, I don't need a choice of gods. I need the God of choice.
1: Oh.
3: Ah! <laughs> I need to get it done, more, Not them over there scrapping and fighting every time. Have you, you ever notice when you see a cult movies, they're always fighting, they're always scrapping, they're always killing. They're, that's what, and that is what Jesus said. The thief comes before to steal. Kill and destroy. They're thieving. There's there is nothing impressive about that unless you are locked in mortal power instead of eternal and supernal dominion. Wow. So I don't get impressed. Like I'm not impressed. I did all of that, and I was I was so surprised that Jesus could say one word and devils drop. I was like, hold on, wait a minute, hold on. Not. Man wasn't sweating, didn't flinch. I don't even think he moved his lips, to be honest with you. I'm convinced he just started and it was up because God's thoughts are as powerful as his voice. Thoughts are, are energy, electricity, and voice, sound waves or sonar. See, so you have to move to that dimension. See, when I started looking at devils running and whatnot, because there's a reason why our, de- our deliverance lines were shut down. Devils were like, I'm going to be homeless. Ah, come on. I'm not going to be homeless. Somebody understand what I'm saying. So when, I'm, you know, when they start talking to me about it, I really don't. If, if all you got to say that you're a prophet is that you predicted something, you're a prophesier. Yeah. Because the wielding of the office and the dominion of the office has not yet been granted to you. And we are going to, as we go forward in the future, I appreciate that, that whatever the little gong sound gong. <laughs> but, but, but when we go forward in the future, that's one of the things my assessment does. And I'm talking to now the, the, the prophetic educators, the church leaders, the pastors who are trying to say, well, he says he's a prophet. Don't take their word for it. Get on my, my, my site. Okay. Go to drpaulaaprice.com and hit take an assessment. It's going to take you to our assessment site. You no longer have to take people's word for it. Look at this. We're in this mess because everybody was taking somebody's word for it. I, I never did. I used to say, yeah, well, you might be a prophet. but Because, you know, I can see, I don't see the prophet spirit in you. Mm.
1: Right.
3: She's been with me, I don't know how many years, a long time now, huh,
1: honey?
3: Yeah, we wrote in the fam, everything, you know. And so, but I'm going to tell you this. A real prophet, you, if you are an apostle or a prophet, you can see them, whether they open their mouths or not. You can see that spirit, that office, and that mantle. We have been to many meetings, and she'll tell you, and I walk away and say, now, that's a prophet in the wrong place. If ever I seen the prophet yeah. in the wrong place, that's a mm-mm. Or, or I'll tell you, I don't see the, the spirit of the prophet in you. Because that's our job. You don't have, I mean, the, the, the decades, I won't even say hours, decades of research that it took to produce these texts and the volume and volume of books and resources and all kinds of literature to verify commentaries like you wouldn't believe. Uh, you see, I because I don't want, I don't do anything halfway. If I'm doing it, I'm all in, I'm all out. And when God told me I'm in this, I didn't put a sprinkling of prophetic on my other mantles. My mind. see a lot of that sprinkle sprinkling prophecy begotten, you know God was reminding us, so we're going to use it. the names will be changed to protect the victim mind okay, but we have i mean i I learned a lot because I didn't just write the book, I trained prophets, I raised prophets, I vetted prophets we I used to go to these events where you prophesied to eight hundred thousand people in a day in two days all you did was prophesy and i mean i i I wish everybody had that opportunity because i'm gonna tell you something that thing homes your skill we used to sit there and we would start at eight in the morning and we'd finish up at six seven o'clock at night they gave us a break and some 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 lunch but i want you to know god honed that thing so even as a predictor I was able to go through some of the things that God revealed in those days. And, I mean, they would, and you get the people coming up to you because the more you push that thing, the more that thing opens to you. And it doesn't just open. It begins to enact and then reenact itself. And so we used to do that. And I did that. Those were my early days, all we did, all day long. But the Lord said that's just, he said, but that's just, you know, that's the public side of your, the spirit, the the spirit of the prophet brings you into the back office.
1: Ah, good.
3: See, I'm not just in the front line. I'm in the back office. And in the back office of the prophetic, there is something entirely different going on. And most times you don't get it because you've been trained to just speak. So when we get into today, we're going to talk about some other things related to this. So I remember talking about, God, I'm driving in and God gave me a word. You know, I'm so excited. I don't know what to do. And he talked to me. I've got to hit some. She said, well, you hit something. You got a bell. Oh, oh now now you want to hit something, okay? <laughs> and so he gave me a word, and, and this is a a, a a powerful phrase. He said, I'm tired of ricochet prophecy. Ooh. I said, ricochet? See, now you want to hit something, don't you? Because uh, you got nothing. <laughs> And I didn't – now, see, how we don't know how God thinks, and today I'm going to bring you into – just to the threshold of how God thinks, the threshold of his mind. So he – and, 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 you know, uh, Prophet Norma, she gets it all, we driving in, so we're talking, and we, we, we he just brings this whole thing back. And so we we went back to an ordeal that we experienced, I don't know, maybe 15 or so, maybe maybe 15, probably 10, 10 years ago, where – We had a young prophet who, I'm serving God, and just young, serving God. And at that time, a lot of the the structure had not been put in place. And this prophet, you'll remember when I tell you the event, this prophet was asked if they, if a certain, was asked by one of our young women back then if a certain man was their husband. And they got the wrong answer. Now, we, that never ran past me, because if it had run past me, I, it would have been an entirely different thing. That didn't run past me. So, and, and the young prophet said, well, no, because you deserve better and blah, blah, and God, God is this. – but this woman's life didn't warrant that kind of person. You know, we're talking about kids. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. See, it's one thing for, for you to tell somebody who's waiting now for Jesus that they deserve high stuff when they didn't wait their whole life. Oh, yes. Go ahead. Yes, was awesome. Okay, what's
1: well,
2: 10 years it ago? It was in the neighborhood of 10 years, and you said to us, you cannot give your prophecies to someone else. Thank you. And what you served for and waited for, not everybody has. So the standard that God has for your life and choice for a spouse may not, it will not be the standard for everybody else
3: because you have to understand there's a difference between a virgin and a chaste one. Chastity is not virginity. I know we wish it was. Oh, now you want to hear something. Hey,
2: that one didn't paralyze me. I've heard you say it before, someone paralyzed me. paralyzed. So I have to, you have to
3: start teaching because, and the, I know, I know, see, look, uh, see, that's what a prophet will do. A real prophet, a real apostle is going to tell you those joint and marrow truths. That help you deliver the right word of God. Yeah. So, a virgin is not a cha- is not a a, a chaste one. A chaste woman is not a virgin. Now, you can be a virgin, a chaste for forty nine years. You're still not gonna get that hymen back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that true? Yeah. You're not gonna get it back. All you, it might things might dull up a little bit, but so anyway.
1: <laughs>
3: you only lose your virginity once, which is why Satan knows once you do, he's got you.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You only lose it once, and after that, you just reinforce the loss. Okay, what is? This? <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: funny. And that's hilarious. Oh God! Marilyn, we're laughing at your phone. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay
3: <laughs> So it's important that you recognize that Because you will prophesy to someone As if they've lived a virginal life mm-hmm. When they've only been periodically Or recently chased And the, how how God handles that is God's business So we said And, and I said but uh, Now I didn't know this had happened and I must have got it a while back and, um, and I said, uh, hold on, no, no, because, see, a person who has kids and, you, you know, you decided you're going to devote to God, God will give you something to take care of those children.
2: Well, you handled it in a leadership meeting. I sure did. Because you said you have no idea how you may have just sabotaged a couple of people's destinies.
3: Well, that's where the ricochet is coming in. Yeah. Well, as it happened, the, the, the whole thing died. The, the two people just became friends and being let, told by the prophet this wasn't it. So she who wasn't peak and he wasn't, who, who wasn't top would have done well. Now, how did the ricochet come in? Well, as it happened, she got very ill and she died. <coughs> he is still ill, not going to happen. The, the joining of the families that would have secured this thing, gone. And that's where the ricochet come in. You think that you're just prophesying to a person, but you're prophesying to their world. You're prophesying to their past, their present, and their future. So when you stand up today and talk about God puts y'all together as husband and wife, or he is telling you not that this is not the one, you need to be very sure. You need to get in the back office and stop future telling. Because I'm telling you, see that future fortune thing is a problem. And that's really what you all calling the prophetic future prophet. Fortune thing I can tell you I can predict something And that's all you can do And if you predict something That Satan has staged You can't stop it Because you don't have The power of the author See that's the difference See those prophets in scripture They didn't just predict And say oh well Well it's on the books we gotta let it happen. Prophesied against all of those things that would go against the destiny books on these lives, that would go against the children of God, the plans of God Almighty. I mean, think about it. My favorite one. We always talk about Nehemiah when we wanna raise money and buy a building or something, but there's something in Nehemiah. Come on,
1: somebody
3: <laughs> we got Nehemiah. Okay. And and see mm, mm,
1: mm.
3: I'm telling you, because this is Prophets Month, we're coming out of this thing, I may only recover three or four prophets that are listening to me today, but I want you to understand, you need to make sure that the spirit, that the, that the spirit that is moving in you is the prophet spirit, and not, that you are not just being used by the Holy Spirit for an incidental reason. Amen. So in this instance... You are you are susceptible because all of us are susceptible to the Holy Ghost. So you're susceptible to God. So I'll get you to say the prediction. But trust me, when it comes time for the execution, God goes to the officer. So this whole that whole thing is still playing out, ricochet fashion, and all of these lives, at least twenty lives, were affected by that one errant prophecy. And are still being affected. The tragedy is immeasurable. Somebody needs to hear this today. So don't be running around talking about you acting like you are, you know, ChristianMingle.com. You are not. They don't care because they don't care. They don't care because they can't care because they're paid not to care. You must care. You must make sure that when you give a word on lives, that you understand you're not just prophesying to the person standing in front of you. God, from Genesis to Revelation, prophecy hits seeds and generations. In the whole Bible, it keeps saying that it hits the seed and the generation. Behold, the woman will bear a child. Behold, this will happen, and that will happen. And in the fifth generation, 430 years to the day, you've got to make sure your prophecies fit the continuum of the Almighty. Because, see, God didn't just say, hey, y'all, y'all getting pregnant, Isn't that great? No, he said, and he shall be great in this world, and he shall do this, and she shall do that, and this will happen. And if your prophecies don't come with the full accompaniment, then you're just a newscaster. And there's nothing wrong with that. Be a predictor. But understand, the rest of us got to make it so. When God was bringing...
1: Why are you looking at me like that? there's no other way to look <laughs>
3: Like, like, where she? When God was ready to take out Eli, and He wanted Samuel to replace him, and for the nation to accept Samuel as Eli's replacement, even though he wasn't a priest, he didn't come from the Levites; he came from the Ephraimites, and so he, he Samuel had no reason to be a priest, right? Except he was raised in the temple. By the high priest Whose own sons were a wreck Whose own sons Did not believe in their father's work And so What did he do? We talk about how Samuel got the word of the Lord But that before God did that He will always validate you By a seasoned Veteran prophet Mm. So a veteran prophet Came to town
1: Mm,
3: And he began to tell Eli What God is going to do I am going to destroy you. I'm destroying your sons because you did not restrain your sons from offending me. They were up there on the altar having sex with the women in public. Talk about pornography. You understand Satan always needs you to have a problem with public porn. Always. And so they're up there having, and, 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 and Eli can't even see any longer. He's fat, he's blind, and he has raised these ratty kids. And so it was sent to town. Because he was a prophet, he had the whole plan, the whole thing. He didn't just say, Eli, y'all dying. He said, first of all, I want you to understand that God is going to turn you over to your enemies. The next thing I want you to understand is not only will he turn you over to his enemies and your enemies, he said he's going to kill your sons. He's going to kill you. And he, read it, go yourself and read it in First Samuel. Now, that was a prophecy of the entire ordeal. Not?
1: Yeah.
3: not just an incidental statement, Eli's going to die and the enemy's going to come in. Half of these prophets that told you about this president couldn't tell you that the enemy was coming. They couldn't tell you because they were predictors. They couldn't prophesy the way those did in Scripture. and said, As a consequence of this prediction, these are the things that will accompany the word. And, and so the entire ordeal was revealed. And so And and Eli knew it. He was, I mean, can you imagine, I'm old, I'm tired, I'm sick, I'm blind, and my kids are horrible, and everybody knows I raised this or didn't raise it. And so he said the thing that broke his heart when the word came to pass was when they said, but the ark of God is taken. Because, see, they understood that when you don't have whatever it is that your deity has told you represents their, their presence, You are open. You're fair game for the whole world. The prophet comes and gives this word, and then later on, Samuel gets a call. Samuel. Samuel gets up, goes to Eli, nothing happens. Samuel gets up, goes again. He says, nothing happened. No, I didn't call you. Next time, finally, Eli realizes that the man is being called into office. That means his demise is near. So he said, okay, Samuel, he said, the next time he says say speak, Lord, for your servant hears. See, we tell you all of that stuff and say, I'm, I, I've been great to have that granulated nuance yes.
1: Yes, yes.
3: that gets into the nitty-gritty of what this is saying, not just the theology of it, not the pop theology or pop doctrine. And so he says it, and Samuel gives the exact same word. But Eli can accept it from him as a novice because a veteran had already given that word. Because God said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. You all calling those lines, talking about, I want to know if this is my husband, my this or that. First of all, are you ready to be a, a spouse? Because a lot of people are not ready to be spouses. They're just ready to no longer be single.
1: Yeah. Yep. See, that's
3: a whole different motivation. So Samuel gives the exact same word. And Eli said, it is the word of the Lord. And he knew then. His service was up and that his replacement was ready because God will always, always let you know when the replacement is ready. In our course on prophecy timeline, I teach my people the last and most enduring sign of a prophecy's readiness to be fulfilled is that the people come. First, the, first property, then people. Then you know the word of the Lord is about to be fulfilled. And what happens, sure enough, Israel is overrun by the enemy. They have no strength because that, that ark don't mean that the angels that back them, the all of the supernatural powers, everything, they with the ark. Because, see, angels will to stay with God. I know devils will stay with Satan.
1: Okay. Yeah.
3: But angels will stay with God. And, and, so, and the angels are like, we can't help you, hands down, because God will tell them, stand down, do not help. And so... That is exactly what happened. So when they found out that the, the ark was taken, that's how we ended up with Ichabod.
1: Yeah. The
3: ark was taken. When we found that out, the next thing we realized was what? Eli falls, oh. breaks his neck, and he's dead. Samuel's now in charge. And Properly. You can be a poor child rearer and a great trainer. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: That's what we most often. Many leaders will raise their children in their footsteps because they feel like, because they were resentful, a lot of resent, a lot of regret, and so they feel like they wouldn't give their kids a pass because of the sternness that God gave them. So I'm giving my kids a pass. I'm not going to make them go to church. I'm not going to make them read the Bible. I'm not going to make them serve God. I'm not going to make them do any of those things because I had to do it and I didn't like it. And because I didn't like it, I vowed in my house and my heart that when I had kids, they would not have to be this diligent and this devoted to God and to their faith. They deserve a little play today. So we let them play in the sandbox. In
1: the sin box.
3: Mm-hmm. which means which is why the whole nation had already turned from God cuz however you raise your children is how your organization is going to run mm-hmm. that's why you go in some organizations and not, and the kids are like acting like they little they little um what do you call them little um royals you yeah, know sure. they they're rebellious they don't have to do anything they have to be on time let me tell you something I, my kids will tell you i will i will stand you down You will be 900 years old. It may be the only thing I back down before I leave here, but I'm going to back that down. We are not going to humiliate my God. You don't like it? Go somewhere and stay there and stay there. But you're not going to – you imagine he's sitting there watching his sons literally pervert those women and degrade those women on the altar of God. See, because a lot of times people think that you think you know why God is hot, but you don't. Ooh, come on. You think you understand why he won't move, but you don't. So let's talk about your little cuties that you went and got, put on birth control pills so they wouldn't get pregnant. Let's talk about your little cutie son that got the little dirty books under the bed, talking about boys will be boys. Let's no. talk about your little nasty outfits that you put on your little sleazy daughters, letting them know, selling them to Satan, talking about why didn't God save them. I want you God. to understand he did save them, and you took them back.
1: Well.
3: He saved them. See, we're getting ready to get hit, and it's going to be a lousy hit. And all of y'all are going to be running around talking about, I, I, that's why I don't, I don't believe in God. Don't worry about it. And you know, we, you know our evangelicals, he's talking, you know evangelicals, when he believes in you, I want you to understand, when you turn on God, God said, when you leave me, I will not hear you. I will not. F-. Read your Bible. Read the scriptures. He said, because see, you ought to read those little candy cane scripts, which make you feel really good. They were all based on the sugar-coated stripes of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you those stripes weren't sugar-coated. You took your kids from them. You took your daughters to abortion clinics because your church couldn't know that they were fornicating. You took your kids to to to, to the little back alley because you knew they were addicted. You gave them a cell phone for them to watch porn, talking about you don't know why they have a problem. You, okay. you, you don't even restrain them. You turn around and tell them they got to go out on dates with kids they don't know and wonder why they come back all messed up. No. You will not. I decree and declare by the Holy Ghost. I usher in repentance and conviction on you by the Spirit of the living God. You will not blame him for that. You will not blame him for your poor parenting. You will not blame him for your seeking other religions. You will not blame him for your tattoos. You will not blame him for your piercings. You will not blame him for your sleeving. You will not blame him for your adultery. You will not blame him for your cheating. You will not blame him for your lying. You will not blame him. Own it. Own it, repent and fix
1: it. But
3: you're not going to put that on him. God gave you the way of life. He said to Israel, I set before you today, life and death, or death and life, depending on which which translation you read. And He said, but choose life. And life to God is not the full time. It's not the beer parties that you let your kids enjoy. It's not the drinking cabinet that you. Uh, 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 supposedly absent-mindedly left the key open gotten kids drinking at 12 you don't even know if they have an alcoholic spirit you don't know what that gene is going to do when you turn around and the Lord, i'm not going to shut up you will not blame him for that i promise you i'm telling you i send out the word of the lord and i speak to the angels in the heavenly host that lying, blame shifting spirit will not hit the almighty this time because he has waited a long time Man, can't, he can't even get churches and his You're talking about people in churches talking about you got to have a vaccine to come to the house of the Lord? Yeah.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
3: So, so Jesus has long since left y'all. That's why y'all talking this. Because the people that are still with Christ, they don't have that issue. That is not an option for them. Because he's the same God that gets rid of cancer, that opens blind eyes, that rains people from the dead, that gets rid of diseases, that heals babies in the womb, that delivers the healthy family. He's the same God that brings you out of darkness into his light. He's the same God that put you in that house, that put you in that job, kept your business going, and you rewarded him evil for his good. Hope y'all love me tomorrow. I don't know what happened. Jesus woke me up at 4 o'clock. This is what I got. I don't know what to tell you. That's all I got is. when he gave me 4 a.m. And when you get up at 4 a.m. in the morning, you better know there's a good reason. Yes. But it's getting ready to happen. You're not going to run around. You sit there, and the you, way you talked about prophets, you treated them like garbage. You treated your pastors like trash. You were, uh, you were uh, literally impudent, obnoxious, and arrogant. You're not going to blame him for that. That was your chosen behavior. You just don't like the consequences. And the problem is when God gets ready to to pour out his consequences. Now all of a sudden, he's wrong for not being merciful and compassionate. So let me just tell you something. You need to get some empathy for the Almighty and not keep demanding he empathizes with your stuff, with your weaknesses and with your sins. Clean your house up. Bring your kids in order or set them aside. Well, isn't that what he said? He said, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. Read your Bible. He said, I came to bring a sword. And I came to set mother against daughter, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, son against father. He said, I came to fracture your family because Satan seeded his spirits in your family tree. So you got a beloved one that you love. Yeah, pray for your kids. Pray and pray on. Don't ever stop praying. Pray on. But you understand that you cannot do what Eli did, and that's turn his temple over to devil. Oh my God. For the sake of your kids, a lot of you all are sitting here indulging your little gay, your little gay children. Because you, let me tell you something: that is not your kids. You don't become gay just because you're born. You become gay because the spirit decided to take wow. you over.
1: True. True.
3: Is that right or what? It is right.
1: True. It is so. True. So you're
3: gay because a, a principality has took, taken over your kids. Now, should you pray about it? Do it. But should you turn his whole, the Lord's whole house over, his temple over to devils? You've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. And right now, God's not, I told you uh, several weeks ago, he's not interested in your issues right now. You better know that if you've got a good track record with God, you're standing on good ground. If not, you need to try to clean up your track record. Yeah. Because a lot of you all got prophecies from prophets and you got mad and you put their name out as evil. Ooh. They warned you about this because God does nothing except he first revealed his secret to his servant the prophet. So prophets told you that you were wrong with the kids. They told you how you handled that deal was wrong. Your, the prophets spoke to you about it. And you know what you did? You did just like the kings of Israel did. You put them under arrest. You maligned their character. You lied to them. You canceled their date. You stole their money. And you think that God, is? he said, "Touch not my anointing and do my prophets no harm. He didn't say do no prophet no harm. You can harm all of Satan's prophets. He don't really care.
1: <laughs>
3: not everybody that is standing up prophesying to you is God's prophet. A lot of them are not God's prophets today. Because you don't hear God or Christ The Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ Is the spirit of prophecy they and See, we even quoted that wrong Yeah, you know, because Jesus is the spirit of prophecy No, 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 that's not what it says Revelation 19, it says the testimony of Jesus Christ Is the spirit of prophecy Scripture tells us that Jesus Christ Angels and principalities And powers are subject to him and you can't prophesy, you can prophesy lying to them, because I'm watching y'all. I watch these little pagan prophets try to tell me that they know Jesus better than I do. You can't know Jesus from the outside, because Jesus doesn't sleep with sin. See, he doesn't sleep with whores. He doesn't sleep with sorcerers. He doesn't sleep with wizards. See, he doesn't carry, the- that- he doesn't carry those spirits because he killed them on the cross. See, so you all don't even know. Well, you know, I mean, they could be. No, they can't be. They cannot be in Christ. Now, they may be in a false Christ. Jesus said he was going to have a lot of imposters. Yes, he did. He said I'm going to have a lot of imposters. Y'all get ready because a lot of people are going to pretend to be me. And he said only the very elect can tell the difference because it's joint and marrow, soul and spirit, thought and intent of the heart. That fine hairline difference you can only get because Jesus gave you of his spirit. He said the world's going to hate you, but listen. They're going to hate you because I'm not in them, because they're going to confuse your outward behaviors for me with those of the fallen devils that I just took off, get ready to take off the planet. See, a witch can't talk to me about Jesus, because I'm going to tell you, first of all, you ain't went through enough. You can only know Jesus from the inside out. He said you must be born again to what? To see the kingdom of God. By the time you see it, you're in it. The only reason you see it is because you're in it, and you're in it by being in his body because it's organic. It is not brick and mortar. And and you're walking around with these prophets, can't even tell you how to please God because they left him. Let me tell you, if you really are prophets, you're going to know which ones are slumming with devils. Because you're going to see, because Satan leaves a mark. And we have been able to discern that mark on a lot of these prophets. He leaves a mark. Look at how they change their beards. Take on the goat look. Look at how they paint themselves up. Look at how they strip their women. Jesus clothed the naked woman. He clothed her. So he's not stripping you. It's going to get real ugly. I asked God. I said, so God, you going to help us out? You know how you have to ask Jesus going to help
1: us. <laughs> you know, I mean, should we hold fast?
3: And if we hold fast, will we get swept up too? And so I asked him. And I said, well, Jesus, I mean, what's happening? I mean, what are we going to do? How are you going to do it? He said, prepare my people. He said, because the only way to stop a runaway train is to crash it. I said, that's when you want to say, but, God, I was good, right? No, <laughs> so you want to say, Lord, but I didn't do that. I, I did everything you said, Lord. I didn't, mm-mm. See, because you have it in your mind. Now, there will, there will be a, 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 a remnant that God will somehow or another cover, because he says that in Revelation 3, 7. He says, you know, I will keep you, 7 to 11, from the top trial or the testing that's coming upon the whole earth. But he's not keeping you because you said the sinner's prayer. He's not keeping you because you served the church. He's not keeping you because you were, you know, you paid your tithes, you cleaned the toilet. He's keeping you because you kept him clean in you. See, God's in you, but you're dirtying him up. He got to run through the sewage. He got to run through the drugs. He got to be dirtied up for you while he's in you. So God is not going to keep you just because you did, you did the good Christian thing. He needed you to be a good convert. He needed you to be a good saint. And you were not, even though he's in you, you never sanctified your life for him. And now everybody, where is Jesus? Is he got, you think the Lord is he? Uh, Jesus, is Christ in you as the hope of glory? But he said, those that name the name of the Lord should depart from iniquity. See, we don't preach this any longer because devils didn't need you to depart from their iniquity. So they had to make their iniquity appealing to you. And so they tied their iniquity to your personal liberty. Mm. I don't have to. Well, I worship God my own way. Yeah, you might worship your, your own version of God your way. Nobody's going to argue with that. But you understand that you, don't treat, you can treat a person's words any kind of way. But when you meet the person, you don't treat them any kind of way. You can't make a sinner out of Jesus Christ. God did that once. He did it once. You cannot make him a sinner just because he's in you. You cannot make him a sinner simply because you or yourself feel like a little sin is going to happen. You cannot make him a sinner so that you can compel him to forgive you for what you don't want to let go. You cannot make God a sinner. Not in your house. Or anything. Cuz this is what God will tell you. What he said to Israel when they didn't get it? He said, "Um, so I'm, I'm not going to take you to the Promised Land. Cuz I'm cuz you're going to make me so mad, I'm going to kill you along the way and the other gods are going to think I couldn't pull this off." Mm-hmm. So, what I'm going to do is I'm sending my angel ahead of you. God has already God has distance from some of you all so long that now you're trying to catch up. Okay, so I'm a fast. Okay, so I'm going get, to I'm get, no, no, no you still are going to have to go back and own your stuff, own the sin, okay. You're in churches. Y'all are so excited. You you act like you're so much better than us because you're in affirming churches. What are we affirming? Because my Bible says who were born not of man, not of the will of man, nor the flesh, but of God. So all of that fleshly affirming is useless to Jesus Christ. I'm just, is that Bible or not? So if you're in that affirming church, you are not born again. Jesus is not in you. You are not in him because he never affirmed those issues. He never affirmed homosexuality. As a matter of fact, over and over again, he said, oh, no, they can't. They're not coming up here. I'm going to tell you all right now. Y'all can vote them in all you want, but we voted them out, and we're done with them. Flesh and blood. Effeminate cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Why do you think they tried? Satan got you out of the Bible so you could rewrite your laws for him.
1: Yes.
3: And that is what you did. You couldn't. You couldn't defend this man. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, bringing every what. Into captivity To the obedience of Christ Here's the caveat Here's the condition When first Your obedience is fulfilled Do you know people don't read that? Like all of your binding and casting mean nothing God is like how you going to bind and cast What you've been hosting? (laughs) You've been hosting devils for 15 years Now you want to bind and cast Satan is like we ain't going nowhere Because you belong to us When we leave you leave with us a lot of these people, I don't understand. I mean, God, he was a good woman. She was a good woman. They were good church people. Church people don't make it to heaven through the church because salvation is biotic. I've been teaching it. I'm going to keep teaching it. And if you don't have the bio or the biotics of the Godhead, you are not going to live there. You won't even half. Of you won't know it exists. The other half won't believe it because the biotics of the Almighty comes with the faith of Abraham. By my mind. Is this all right? Amen. See, somebody has to say it now because God is getting ready to break out. And you need to understand that when he breaks out, he's, you know, it's like he said, when I see the blood. See, a lot of you all, he will not see the blood of his son. See, they didn't catch that. Hit something. I got to hit something. <clears throat> he said, when I see the blood. He's not looking for the blood of goats, your cats, your dog, your chicken, your, your animal, the hog down the road. He's not looking for that. You know, stole somebody's hog
1: Because <laughs> see,
3: we're in Halloween We're coming up on when they got to give their sacrifices So understand And you all are all excited When you learn your little witchcraft classes you all excited Because they're going to sit there and kill some poor little innocent animal Before you're going to kill it Today as a sacrifice You're going to eat it Sunday for dinner Isn't this the truth? But the Bible says that Jesus Christ, the blood of the sinless lamb. See, those, aren't, those are sin animals for sin offerings for sinners to serve sin without consequence. You, I don't even want to talk to you all about the trunk and tree. What is that all about? The trunk or tree. That's the church that's not in Christ. I don't care how much they preach about Bible. If you listen to their sermons, they preach the love doctrine nonstop. They preach about how God's a loving God. They do not tell you how to please this man because they don't. Wow. They're not interested in pleasing God. They're interested in pleasing humans. Well, I don't want – that's the whole thing. That's why your kids are in trouble today. Well, I don't want the kids not to have nothing because we don't let them celebrate Halloween. Why in the world is it a problem for you to say your kids are not going to celebrate Satan's birthday in Jesus? Why is that that a problem? Half of you parents never study Halloween. You never study Sam Hanks. Never. You don't even know why you're doing this. So they get to dress up, still as a lie, you're going to do an imposter costume and pull some candy junk food out the trunk that you've been eating all year long that your parents can afford so you don't feel bad, so you don't hurt the devil's feelings? You don't want to hurt the devil's feelings? Oh, shame on you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't hurt Satan's feelings, and Jesus will get over it because he got over it when he rose from the dead. you sitting there talking about, well, I, well we celebrate because we just don't believe it's a devil. That's why you don't believe it's a devil because the devil, is, his whole purpose is to deceive the people who dwell on the earth. So you are deceived. He's working because you don't see anything stupid about your kids dressing up like ugly little things. You know, and adults, can we talk about
1: adults? Let's let's talk
3: about that too. Adults. Church folk. That's why God never named us Christians. Mm -hmm. See, Christians could do that, but the elect can't. The elect will reject whatever is Satan's. Mm -hmm. Ah, And they will reject by the Holy Spirit on the inside, because God said, I will walk in them and I will talk in them and they will be my people and I will be their God. He said, and I will write my laws on their hearts and in their minds and on their hearts. And then he said, I will put my spirit in them. So they do them. We got a Holy Ghost. See, y'all got a book and some plastic pillows and images in your church. We don't do that. Now I don't have a problem with that because God doesn't save religions. He saved people. So I want you to get clear on that. But I want you to hear me. The elect will reject Everything Satan. And by instinct, by revelation of the Holy Ghost, he will tell them, that's not me. Mm-hmm. How many of y'all in this room right there can say, how many of y'all on on, on social media can say, God told you, that's not me. That's true. That's true. He will talk to his own. He will preserve his own. He will protect his own. And he will keep you from falling and send up, you know, and said, but God will keep us from falling and present us faultless before the throne of his grace. That's what he said. And a lot of you all were like, you wanted to have that fringe that fringe religion. We are not a religion. We're redeemed. We are the redeemed nation of Jesus Christ. If we had a just like those other nations that have their gods, you don't they don't have they don't have Christianity up in there. If they do, it's off to the side in the bush, they're broke, they're poor, they don't have a home, they don't have anything because they're their native deity gets first billing, first take, first everything. We wanted to prove we were so much better than them, we actually got taken over by them because the rules of the of the kingdom are what they are. Mm-hmm. And spiritual rules cannot be adjusted by human beings
1: okay.
3: because they predate us. So you can say, well, I just, don't think, I just don't think that's right. That's the whole point of it, that you will not think it's right so that you don't find out what's wrong with it. So as long as you think Satan is, is a concept. Now, you, you go to church for Jesus, who said he, taught, he met Satan on the mountain. But you're going to tell us that Jesus is all right, but Satan is not. No, he's real good at what he does. And he does it with God's permission and his power. God empowers Satan to take out unbelievers. <laughs> That is his job. He doesn't have another job. He has no future. He has no hope. He has no redemption. He has nothing but a forced occupation. Take out unbelievers. Make sure they never, ever get in my presence again. Y'all okay? See, you want to talk about you an apostle and you couldn't even accomplish Acts twenty six eighteen for the people of your generation but we're apostles, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith that is in me. See, that article is needed. They take it out of modern things, but you need that one, that that article is needed. That's like saying to your children that, 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 that you're going to tell them how unique they are And then let them know what's in your family tree, and you take out that. No, this is in our family tree. That is in someone else. So there is a faith in Jesus Christ that is nowhere else in the planet except in those who become his children. Nowhere, Jesus' faith is nowhere That's why it's always rescuing You understand that the world is about Steal, kill, and destroy So you're going to have They're going to make laws that say it's okay to kill They're going to make laws that say it's okay to steal They're going to make laws And then if they don't make a law They're just going to do what they've been doing Bullying the righteous Because the righteous is too busy Dealing with their definition of God's love
1: Isn't that amazing?
3: So you let the, you're you literally letting criminals tell you what God's love is. And you're buying it. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say anything because God is love. So he's love, he can't be just. Because he's love, he can't be righteous. But because he's love, he can't judge. Because he's love, he can't avenge himself. Because he's love, he cannot um, judge sin. He cannot call sin, sin. Because he's love, he cannot keep people in and out of hell. Because he's love? Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all be like, Last week I got you on grace. This week I'm on love. <laughs> yeah. And you still won't believe. Jesus told you who he is. Even as much as they have read this book, because I told you about the book, everybody needs to live. look what's missing. You need to get that book, tell you everything they took out of the Bible, 147 versions of the Bible. Did any of you all get it yet? Yeah. What did you find from it? I know you didn't have a chance to get too deep, but.
2: I think I've used it on at least one of my episodes. Um, The pieces of scripture that they've taken out, the ones I was honing in on, um, even what Jesus was saying Mm -hmm. to certain people and the whole point of certain parables was removed and to soften Mm -hmm. and change the meaning of the account.
3: Absolutely. How about you? you? What did you get from it? I was
1: going
3: to say what she said, just the thing that they soften the meaning of. Hold on. Because okay. people will start asking, what, what, what,
1: what, how, that.
3: It softens the meaning of what Jesus said by taking out really the heart of what he is saying mm-hmm. from the verses and then leaving you with, and even, it doesn't even point to him uh, when they're done removing
1: parts of the scriptures. Mm-hmm.
3: And then what they don't remove, they then kind of cause you to question they they kind of breed skepticism or either they hide the implications of it anybody else got it okay you all should get okay you did it's, you know i'm happy to know dean got it because that would just be so bad
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, what i like most about the book it didn't only tell you what was missing but it told you what version of the bible that it's missing
3: in exactly so some people have this favorite niv you know that that's a real favorite Mm -hmm.
0: amongst people but it tells you about everything that's missing Mm -hmm. out of that one
3: and and it took out the niv took out a lot about jesus because they needed humans to be deity
2: it's just astounding to see oh scripture deleted removed
3: at all it does not appear Uh huh okay not in the Mesoretic text not in this text okay not this
0: is okay no it causes you to lose it it causes Jesus to be diluted to the point where you lose the power so you're not actually reading the power source Mm-mm. it's all taken out so there, there's no wonder why like uh, Dean said, the n I v and a lot of the different versions that people tend to lean towards why they actually never come into the full understanding of the word because it's actually not even in the text that they're actually reading it does not it' is not and even like those people who are in love with the
3: message Bible, anybody ever read that I was like right but but the whole point is that the power of the gospel, which is the Holy Spirit's corroboration, affirmation, and confirmation is neutralized because you need, how can you, you know, you have to believe it. You have to believe it. In order to believe it, you've got to read it. So I would suggest all of you, especially if you're a prophet, if you're an apostle, get that book. Look what's missing. It's on Amazon. And let me tell you, when you go there, you're going to see that they have a New World Order Bible. It's called New World Order. And then they have the Pope's New World Order Bible. So if you are teaching God's people, particularly if you're teaching prophets and apostles um, and, and, and all of that, you need to get these books and you need to share them. See, a lot of these prophecies probably could have been mitigated had they had these other texts to show them who's talking. See, because you don't know who's talking. And you don't know who's talking because in your mind, in the prevailing prophetic or prophecy view, if it's not a mortal sound or non-physical, then it's got to be God because he's the only God. No, 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 no. Paul said, I know that there's only, uh, the only God is ours and there's only one God. But then he said, there are those so-called gods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, so you need to meet the so-called God the ones who say they're God, and learn who they are. And most of them, you're going to find them in the Old Testament. When you start going back and back and back, you will find those same deities in the Old Testament. They gave God a problem with one nation, and now they're giving him a problem with all nations. Mm -hmm. Devils can't change. Men and humans must be born again to change, and God changes not. Mm -hmm. See, there are certain fundamental principles that you have got to So we're going to do something different. I'm going in a very, I think it fits with this. In my class, in my school, I have a class, especially for apostles and prophets, called God is a Thinker. Now, what they don't know is I've turned it into a really nice, fleshy book, but if you look at it, it comes from God is a Thinker series, and everybody who takes a course in our school must start with that. That is a prerequisite. You must accept that God is a thinker because most people think that they have to do God's thinking for him. They believe that. They believe that because he's invisible, because he's uh, he's incorporeal, that he obviously is really non-existent, and he's kind of like a concept that we get to mold and shape as we see fit. So. Um, do you really have the mind of Christ? And because the whole purpose of this is to think differently, so you live powerfully. See down there in the end, I got my little look of it. All right. Now, so do you know what Christ's mind is? I mean, what kind of mind do you have? The Christians that I've come across with a good number of them do not have a growth mindset they don't expect to grow up in their mind you have to grow up for the world you grow up for your job you grow up for your friends you grow up for your marriages you grow up for your relationships. you don't grow up for god and so you must ask yourself what is your opinion or your perception of christ's mind like what is christ's mind jesus christ now remember Jesus' word, Christ, is in Revelations 12, which means he came to earth with that surname. Because in his world, it was his, it is his royal name. It's his monarchical name, Christ, Messiah. He came to earth. I know, because did you ever notice that nobody said that his brothers and sisters' last name was Christ? Unless I missed it, I got some scholars in here. Did, did any, anybody here? They never said James Christ, no, James Jude Christ, no,
1: <laughs>
3: and Joseph had a surname, and it wasn't Christ. So, so that he comes as the Messiah, and ultimately they recognize that he's the Messiah or he's the Christ. Thou art the Christ the son of the living god but revelations as well as in the book of first i want to say first corinthians they call him christ that's his eternal name you know the angel didn't even name him jesus christ the angel named him jesus isn't that a powerful thought so the angels named him Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. He didn't say Jesus Christ, because Jesus literally brought that name, his Messiahship, he brought it to earth, because Messiah is not just, in his world, was not about salvation as much as it was about the second person of the Godhead. Because it means king, and it actually means anointed king. So he was anointed king before he got to the planet, and those people who were discerning knew that. Son of David, hail the king. How do they know? He doesn't have a palace. He doesn't have a throne. But they knew by the power and his character, by his demeanor and his composure that he behaved as one who should be on a throne and should occupy a palace. That is what they really expected to happen when he came. They expected him to be on a throne, you know, defeat the Romans, get them out of the Romans' grip, set up his kingdom so that they could worship him as king. But Jesus Christ, we talk about these are the things you have got to pay attention to because if you don't, You'll let people talk you out of anything. He came to earth with his own surname. And his name is Christ. And so, do you know Christ's mind? Now, why did I go through that? Because if he came to earth with that surname, then what character, what consciousness did, moved him? He had the consciousness of a king, a sovereign. Actually, with Jesus, to be honest with you, he is the consciousness of the supreme being.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, see, i got to hit something. Where is the bell girl? I tell you, can't trust a bell girl. Can't. I mean, where is a bell person when you need her?
1: <laughs>
3: Why is a bell girl back there?
1: <laughs>
3: okay, but listen, this is very important. If you have the mind of Christ, you must begin to tap into that supreme being consciousness, that he was born with, that he was brought into creation, the first begotten of God the Father, the Almighty, the Creator, and then co-creator. You understand, the mind that Jesus had, that's why he would say, let the dead bury the dead. You hey. like, because we handle dead. That's what we do. We, we kill, we make alive, we rescue, we deliver. We don't. That's why this doctrine that they have doesn't come from the mind of Christ, because it doesn't come from the mind of a supreme being, a the supreme being who is sovereign of sovereign. i got to take a breather. I'm, I'm worn out myself. Come on here, Jesus. I need a nap.
1: I'm
3: like, Jesus, is
1: that ringing
3: in you like it's ringing in me? Because he said, let this mind. So do you have the mind of Christ? Well, most Christians don't. But the elect does. Most Christians have the mind of a church institution. They have the mind of the Anglican, the Catholic, the Protestants, or whatever denominations. They have an institutional mind. But Jesus has a constitutional consciousness. I made everything. Everything comes from me. You know, when I think about my children, and uh, however grown they are, and I don't know about other parents, but however grown they are, but I'm like, you came out here, I pushed that. I know I pushed that. My daughter had her birthday yesterday, and she, I reminded her I pushed her.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> I
3: told her I know her better than anyone, and I told her she knows me from the inside out.
1: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> Even though, adding a little humor to it, the mind of a parent who gave birth is a different mind than any other mind. The mind of one who begets and begot, and then as a result. And that child's mind is different. Your kids have a different mindset about you. Somehow or another, they think they have ownership rights. (laughs) Talk about the children outside. They, But that consciousness came from the gene pool. That sentiment came from the genetic tree, the genealogy. And then you meet your aunts and your uncles, and all of a sudden that thing starts clicking as they start coming together. So if you have Christ's mind, then what was on his mind should be on yours. And what's on his mind today should be on yours. And he gave us samples of his mind, specimens of his mind in the Gospels. All that he talked about in the gospel. The one book that I, you know, I thought when I first got saved, I thought that the, everybody liked John because, you know, it was a, a book of love. Remember we all heard John, is the love book? Oh, yeah. That's not John. John is actually the biogenesis um, book of Jesus. It's Jesus' bi- biotics. Or yeah. um, if you say it in Greek, biotics. But it's Jesus' biotics. You hear me? Because John breaks this man down. And we get to um, John chapter five, you know, aside from you know ten, I come that they may have life. But John chapter five, that if you believe in me, you pass from death to life. John chapter six, you got to eat my body because it's bread. You got to drink my wine because it's blood. My, come on, you understand? This man got his friend, and he got his friend intricately. Mm-hmm. He understood all of Jesus's ways, his intrinsics, everything, and he wrote them out. He it wasn't about just love. That was, see, that's that evangelical charismatic thing because that's all God gave us back then. But now he's ready to step it up. He's ready to step us up to the organic side of this thing because in heaven, it's all about beings. God came to earth on beings. Angels showed up with beings. Even when they they used their swords, their swords were electrified, and their swords drew their energy from their being. Oh, come on, somebody. From their being, okay? They didn't have to go and charge up the sword and come back, but they didn't know no USB, okay? You <laughs> don't know how to USB, but their very being energized everything, charged them up so they could war from with them. So you're, you're, it wasn't just sword fighting skill like they show in the Christian movies today. Mm-mm. It was the Magnitude and the um, intensity, if you will, of their power that was in them that they had to exude through their sword or the shield. That is the glory that's waiting to be revealed in us. See, we, we think the glory is we're going to be all be good Christians and good saints walking around heaven picking fruit. <laughs> i can 't imagine anybody who finds that all that appealing or enticing I just I can walk around here and pick some fruit now it may not be as good a fruit as god 's fruit, but if all we 're going to do is walk around for eternity picking fruit um, that's all i'm saying not a whole civilization of super superpowers super beings who Rule everything that exists. Many by their minds, and Jesus tells you that. If you read the the He Who Overcomes, He tells you. He's telling you. If you read the He Who Overcomes, I will. Oh, somebody, I gotta hit a bell. Bell girl, gone. You are fired. Taking your bell. I'm repossessing your bell. There you go. <laughs> No, I'll come here next week. It'll be sitting over
1: there.
3: (laughs) We read Revelation. He who overcomes, I will. And and when you look at all of the things that he will do, the seven dimensions, the seven things, the seven power, essences, substances, cellulations, all of that is in those I will when you overcome. He who overcomes. He who overcomes. We got. He talks about First Corinthians fifteen. So when you start see this, thing, I'm not just preaching science. I'm, we're not here to preach science. Science preaches itself fairly well. We're here to show you that science didn't invent it, All right.
1: All right.
3: nor that they just, they only discovered it, only because God uncovered it. They can't discover what God doesn't uncover.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You realize two hundred and something years, and we're still cracking the code on DNA. Started out with some peas, a pea experiment. Went from peas to some other veggies and then rats. Y'all did hear that. So here we are. We have to figure out if we have a growth mindset or do we have a fixed mindset. The church is trained to have a fixed mindset. They are literally trained to get that thought, that Jesus thought, the way they moment, and we freeze heaven and time and space through our own mindset. Now, why is that a big deal? To me? Should I, Doctor Price? Because see, the world didn't see they built internet because right. they didn't have a fixed mindset. And they because our mindset was fixed. <laughs> yeah. You don't hear churches saying, we, we, we broke this. They did light. They did all of that. Now, back in the end, 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th century, and a good part of the 20th century, a lot of that was Christian, or at least Christian influenced. And then all of a sudden, they broke us from the word of God, and they gave it to their gods. Ooh. They gave it to their devils. Look at the name of the software. Yeah. They, don't, they give their devils credit for that. So, but, so God is a thinker. And three scriptures give us clues. So you have to decide whether or not you want to have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset, because that pertains to everything in your life. If you don't have a, a growth mindset, then you are you're, and you stay with a fixed mindset, guess what you do. You literally explain away your poverty. You explain away your lack. You explain away because you're fixed in that. That fixation on your circumstance dictates and rules everything that you exist, and it justifies it. So you can't see yourself making more than $9 an hour or something, you, and you're comfortable with that. You're, you're really comfortable with that, and you're comfortable with it because, number one, you've convinced yourself that's all that's available to you. That is all you can do. You have convinced yourself. Now, understand, you convinced yourself, but see, the the, the, the other folk made the Internet, then they got all of these businesses online, they're doing virtual assistance, virtual this, virtual that, and you still walking around telling God he didn't bless you. God, I came here for you, and I gave up everything for you, and what you do he said, I don't have anything. He said, no, you didn't go get anything.
1: Oh, on, bro,
3: can I say it like that? Yes. See, because I'm going to tell you something. We live there. My daughter and I can ex- tell you how long we whined about God not being the handout God. Mm. You want him to just hand it to you. So where's he going to get it from? Take it from somebody else to give it to you? Where's he getting it from? But see, your fixed mindset, your mindset is fixed on all of those things that keep you where you are and keep you out of the world's treasuries and their riches and their wealth. You have And money, if you have talents, you don't even want to use. Well, I never like doing that, so um, let me tell you something. I went to God. That's how I come I wrote the book, Money is a Spirit, because God said you're not broke because of what's in your pocket. You're broke because of what's in your heart because in your heart you believe you don't deserve that or you believe it shouldn't take effort to get it. You somehow or another have this either undeserving or super entitled mentality. Um, I had to learn it. And once we, once we got it, we sat there and talked about it. He talked to her one way, talked to me another way. He said, Paula, how am I supposed to do it? How am I supposed to give it to you? He said, I got riches for you stored up like all over the place, but I have no outlet. I have no way to get it to you, no pathway, not a book, not a song, not a typing, not housekeeping, not doing anything. I have nothing. So it's sitting here waiting for you in the invisible form, waiting for you to give me a physical form.
1: Like
3: your belt. Oh. Okay. Your belt. Oh. See, you when God says you're rich, he's not lying. He's not trying to stroke you, trying to keep you. He's saying, give me a physical outlet, and I will release your inheritance. Come on. Oh. So he says to my daughter, God told me we need a conduit. See, when he start talking to the apostle and the prophet, we get to working together. And she kept saying, "We have so you need a conduit for your wealth to be conducive to your earthly existence. So you go, and you're like, well, I ain't doing this. So I don't want to do it. Well, if God wants me to do let me tell you something. God wants people to do a lot. He wants sinners to stop sinning. Guess who says? Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> Guess who cares Alright if I could
3: just I mean if, if God's wants His will were there Now can he stop them? Yes But what, is he, what does he have to destroy In order to stop them So you are sitting here Talking about well I did what God told me. No you didn't because God told you to go and prosper Didn't he tell you to go and moan Just moaning Here you got all kinds of talent and, on, the, I mean, you know, my favorites, and I know it sounds terrible, but you realize that the people make money on the Internet with dirty panties. I'm done with that. They can make money with dirty panties, and you can't make money with a clean idea.
1: Well, well. come on. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that the truth? <laughs> oh, my God. Facebook, I saw but you know I'm right. You know I'm right. Because
3: you'll be, you be marketing that stuff. Come on. They're marketing all kinds of things that you can do from home. You're talking about I can't make any money. No, you don't want to make money because you want money to come to you because y'all still back there with money coming to me now. And I'm going to tell you something. That was the public statement, but that wasn't the back office work that generated the cash. So here are the three things that we, um, that we can right. look at, First Corinthians 2.16, Mind of Christ, Second Corinthians 10.4, and then uh, Philippians 2.5. You get these three. You're going to be all right. Okay? So let's look at them.
1: What happened? am I saying?
3: <laughs> so, again, first of all, Thinking. Question and issue, solutions, plans, resolution, and inaction. Here, this, this is just a few steps. First of all, you have the, see, the first thing you start with is the question, the complaint, or the criticism. So the first scripture, 1 Corinthians 2.16, the mind of Christ by the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the fullness of the Godhead body. I don't just write, we didn't just do these drills for you to sit there and have a wonderful Sunday cheerleading pep rally experience. We did it to convert you into the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, God has no money problem. God could care less what currency is. As a matter of fact, we're there now. Bitcoin is letting us know, I'm going to pay for money, okay? So God doesn't have a money problem. Why doesn't he have a money problem? Because God is rich with ideas. He's rich with solutions. He is rich, he's overwhelming with wisdom. See, all of those things are what is called currency. So you have got to tap into your currency. You have a soulical currency, you have a bodily currency, and you have a spiritual currency. And they all work together or they can all diversify. See, as long as you see yourself as a needy saint you will be broke because in this in your own world there are people who need you to give them answers to their issues solutions to their problems help them plan their businesses help them resolve issues all of that currency we are currency that's why we have electric current because god flows through us. Hmm. Hmm. Currency people. Y'all still working with me? Yes. So if you're lazy, your currency is a little bit sketchy. You know, it, It's not flowing. It's very static. Because you've capped it off You've capped it off with your excuses. You've capped it off with your justifications. You've capped it off with your fear, your insecurity. You've capped it off with whatever. You've capped your currency. You're only broke because you're not flowing. (laughs) Flow, and not just flow on the keyboard. Well, if you do, that's your money. Not just blowing in church. We're just not going to flow in prophetic. Let me tell you, prophecy is words. Words are linguist. They're literary. And guess what? They can be packaged into products.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You're not broke because of what's in your pocket. You're broke because what's in your heart. What you told your heart is the reason your desires and your supplies can't happen is why you're broke. Some of you all have great classes. Some of you have retired. You can hold classes. You can hold reviews. You can teach online. There's a whole lot you can do, and people are doing it around the world. But you have got to decide that you are worth the economy you're wishing for. See, some of you all are wishing for an economy that you don't want to monetize. You want somebody else to give it to you. See, that's that entitlement spirit. Oh,
1: yeah.
3: Well, God, I mean, I'm God's child. I mean, God knows I have need. He understands. I, I did it all. And you know what? Jesus saved God. <laughs> <laughs> just, and, you know, he just listened and gone.
1: <laughs> yes,
3: he did. He keeps saying, God, I wanted to, I mean, I was fussing with him and carrying on. You ought to be adopted, 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 adopted. And you, why can't you do this for me? I mean, after all, I'm-, I'm praying for people. Yeah, right. And I'm, I'm laying hands on him. The- yeah, right. He said, but I also said those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Yeah, right? You want to live from something else.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You all come, and if y'all hear whatever, you never think. You don't even ask, Chief, what could you do? We have partnership. Everything here is partnership. It's a commonwealth. We are a genuine commonwealth, and we're not a handout commonwealth. <laughs> that really did get to dinner. So we have the mind of Christ by the Holy Spirit, weapons of our warfare, which is 2 Corinthians 10, weapons of our warfare. Let me tell you something. Getting out of debt is a warfare. Getting out of poverty is a warfare. I want you to understand, it's war. Why? Because those are spirits that have been assigned to your life or verse authorized by you to take you off the hook. I worked all my life. I just don't want to work anymore. I don't know what to tell you because, honey, that's how it works. The hand of the diligent will prosper. That's, we have Bible that tells God. I, I would go to God. And I was fussed. Oh my gosh, I'd fuss because I had I felt like I made this massive move for him. He ought to be grateful. And he was really a little bit ingra- ungrateful. And I wanted to correct him on that. Mm. Oh yeah, y'all feel the same way, you do all just don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sitting here, I should have this, I should have that, I didn't have this. I'm looking at all of these people who are doing an iota of what I'm doing, it seems, and I'm like, and look what all they have, and the Holy Ghost kept giving me one phrase, the hand of the diligent shall prosper. prosper." Okay. And so I would get mad. All right already. I've heard you. What are you saying? Why won't you bless me? The hand of the diligent will prosper. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. A lazy man will not go out and reap. He'll say he's afraid of a bear and a lion. He will give me all Proverbs. See Proverbs will hook you up. If you can get with the Proverbs, they're going to clean up your stuff. Okay? And so he would tell me that until eventually we got to a point where he had whittled away all of my stuff, that excuse stuff that, and all that. And he, he began to tell me, Paula, but I don't have an outlet. You have given me nothing but whining and crying and complaining and moaning and groaning, he said, and I can't send your inheritance through that. I can't send you money through that unless of course you're doing it as an actor
1: <laughs> 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 pretty much <laughs> he's just he told
3: me, and I mean God and i I mean we went after it, and we'd have these wonderful prayer moments, and I just know I didn't tap his money tree no <laughs> no, no
1: Mm-mm.
3: he said, but God said. My kingdom works the way it works. He said, first of all, the just shall live by faith. I am living by faith. I'm here, aren't I? How many of y'all said that one? (laughs) I mean, I came here by faith, didn't I? Yeah. The see, but the just shall live by faith. That's a little different than showing up. Okay. Okay? And so he would tell me the just shall live by faith, and then he would tell me that Faith is, and, and even and when he's ready for me to do it, God will run all of that. That's why we have the drills, because that's how he drilled me. And he would just run them all down, and I could take Finally, I realized I said, "So you think I got a faith issue,
1: huh?"
3: <laughs> I'm thinking I must have a faith issue. You keep talking about faith.
1: <laughs>
3: that man. And so we we go. You know, we went through it until he said, "But you gave me nothing. You preach and don't take offerings." Well, God, I'm not trying to be a money preacher. You know, Jesus, without saying that, you conclude, then be broke. Because I said those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. I told you that by my spirit. I told you a laborer laborer is worthy of his wages. You just think that you're the one. He didn't say worthy of what they wanted to pay. He said worthy of what you charge. See, we don't say that right because everybody thinks you shouldn't charge. But that passage means a laborer is worthy of what they charge. Not the wages you'll set aside or what you think my invoice should be. I said, oh, he said, so if you say free, I'll do free. (laughs) So we then started, that's when we started doing the dictionary. I think we had the dictionary then, didn't we, babe? We, we started now marketing differently. We set up the assessments. We did all of that. And you know why? The minute we started giving God conduits, he started flowing. See, you don't hear this preached a lot because you all are like, well, that's because your faith's not right. Mm-mm, your faith could be really good. Like, I you, you, I packed it in the spirit. My faith was packing it. I mean, I was producing.
1: Baby, I was. Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I
3: was in both fun, baby. I was just. Amazon couldn't have as much as I was. <laughs> baby, I was packing it, 25 years, packing it, talking about why won't you release my blessing, why won't, and so every now and then when I got really discouraged or I got in crises, I'd get a little chunk of something, but it would just be a chunk of something, mm-hmm. I wouldn't get any more, and so once I started the whole thing, okay, so we're going to have this conduit, we're going to have that, I don't care if you bake, sauce, clothes, do laundry, do whatever, I'm telling you, you will never be broke if you have a conduit for your currency. The cur- currency is to travel through from the invisible to the physical form, invisible to physical form. Y'all loving this? Yes. Y'all, and y'all better love it when I, when, hey, when I start talking about an offering. All right? Because, you see, I learned my lesson. I don't care what it is. The first thing you can do is just sell your jewelry, sell all that old stuff you got in your house, junky stuff. You can need to get rid of that. That's a currency when you can get some cash. Because your currency is how you get it in a physical form. You have to have a physical form or a something that can be physicalized or, or benefited someone else. Because the other thing is, if you're selfish or you're you're you're, you're um, self-centered, you won't care about other people. Mm-hmm. Counselors make a lot of money. Why? Because people will always have issues. That need solutions <laughs> That is a permanent job Coaching Permanent job Hair You know Permanent job You get a lot of people that, I just don't want to do hair Then be poor I don't have to tell you You know Be broke but I just don't want to do that I just don't want to do this See Because you, uh, you want to do Someone else's vision With your currency And not use your attributes And your Talent For your currency 'Cause every talent has a currency. Every talent has a way to come from the unseen to the seen. From the non existent to the embodied. Hallelujah. And then the mind of Jesus in God's form. We walk around talking about we're the offspring of the Godhead. Do you realize God had no Jesus had no money problem? The man had no money problem. I know we think that he was poor. No, no, no. He did not use Rome's cash. He wasn't using Rome's currency, but he was running on his dad's currency. I mean, come on, he had to feed people. Just give me a few fish and some loaves. He knew his internal self was packed, and as she said so eloquently, bulked with whatever he needed and everyone who attached themselves to him. He knew it. People followed him with their money, and, and, and the, no, and most of them were the women who followed him. Like when men start saying, well, your church is all women, so was Jesus except for the 12. They said the, those, they were mostly women because it's the women that's going to get up off the money. Okay? Brotherhood going to be telling you it's not worth it. Don't be giving no preacher my money. Sister, be off there. God built so many buildings with women and wives. It's not funny. Sisters, aunt, yes, he did. Because you have to have material stuff for material structures, for material form. And see, we taught you that if we just walk around quoting and chanting and declaring, that it would be fine. I'm trying to tell you, that ain't it. That's not it. And so Jesus, he said, I'm in the form of God, so I got everything I need. Paul, Paul taught this. He said, everything is yours. All of it is yours. All things are yours. Didn't that say? And you walking around saying, yeah, but. See, so if you say, yeah, but, you've cut off your faith line. Your faith is the literal switch for your currency. So when you start, for all of our years of faith, we're the same. All right. So God is a thinker. Again, now what does that mean? Well, that means that your discourse, all your conversations have got to reflect his intelligence. That means that you have the intelligence to defend the gospel. But how about this? You also have the wisdom to debate his adversary, his opposers. so a lot of these laws that got passed we they were um, they they practiced their debate, they honed them we don't we just want to keep we want to keep talking about past sermon, you know. All I know is all I know, and you could tell the saint that has not gone anywhere, done nothing, and learned nothing. They are always saying, all I know is, and I don't care. See, that's two things that make you look stupid but keep you locked in stupid. All right? So then here we go. Next one. Next one. And these are just, if you look at these, planning and they're always ahead of the last plan. Plan A, plan B, plan C. If all you do is have plan A, you will be confused. going to turn out right. A is your ideal. B is real. C can be your consolation. But look at the words on there. Do you see all of these here are giving you they're all giving you synonyms for thinking, so you understand what, what thinking entails, and it's a very complex function and action. Assume, guess, um, guard. There should be guard. Figure. Check got my eyes, fixed now, y'all.
1: I can see stuff.
3: I just want y'all to understand. I'm watching.
1: I want you to know.
3: I'm back here reading enormous notes.
1: Okay. <laughs> But
3: also, Dean, but thinking takes time, and it takes something else. It takes being still, being quiet. Once you get a thought, then you take and set yourself apart to see how it works. It's also imagination and judgments and and, uh, ideas. It's the infrastructure of your mental self, all right? It's, it's the keystone of how the key things get going. So if you look at all of these terms, all of that in our critical thinking class we go through, because you know I have one, right? Critical thinking class. The one thing saints don't do is think critically. You, we don't think critically because we too, we're too busy thinking sentimentally and emotionally. Everything is about our feelings. The, let me tell you, this whole thing that happened, happened to the church because it became a feeler and not a thinker.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But I feel, what, and you, I mean, we got counselors. The first thing the counselor says, how does that make you feel? Not what you think about it, because they don't care what you think. Mm-hmm. They want to make sure that you're feeling because, see, what you think can be measured and refuted. Mm-hmm. But what you feel is very subjective. Mm-hmm. You can't help how you feel. And how they teach, well, you can't help how you feel. Yeah, you can. As soon as you think it through. When you think it through, thinking about its consequences, thinking about the cost and the loss, thinking about the the courage, thinking about the benefits, thinking about all of the adversities or, or, or whatever, when you start thinking that through, all of a sudden you can adjust your feelings. For example, I don't feel like going to work today, and you start thinking about the bills. It's not going to get paid. You start thinking about the job that's going to get going to be in trouble. You're going to think about the car that's going to get re- repossessed. You're going to start thinking See, and when you finish thinking, guess what you do? You change your feelings. And you go to work feeling like you don't want to be there. And then you feel like you don't want to be there, but you still pretend because you have thought you don't want your supervisor to imagine you don't want to be there or that you're, or that you're planning on quitting. You're unhappy because won't they come to you, you look very unhappy. You look like you don't want to be here. So God is a thinker, and so we have a whole class, but I thought I can give you just a little bit of that information to help you envision what it is to be offspring of the Godhead. We cannot be just feelers because God's a thinker, and thinking came first. Ask me how I know. How do you know? Because Jesus is the Logos. Um, In the beginning was the Word, not the sentiment. In the beginning was the Word, God has to think through everything he did, including the emotions he felt that he would pass on to his creatures. And he had to do a balance between the two. So if you decide that you are going to really be and manifest as the fullness of the Godhead bodily, if you decide that's where you're going, then I suggest you find a balance between the seesaw, emotions, intelligence, intelligence, emotion. Because God is a thinker. And he tells you that. This didn't come into my mind. No, I didn't even feel this. Or, and then when he talks about his heart, he says the heart has an intelligence. It thinks. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, everything about us think. Well, I appreciate this today. Did you all appreciate our God is a thinker? Yeah. I want you all, I'm glad you all three did appreciate it. I got my three. Oh! You have not because you tried not. I love you all out there in social media land, and if you notice on the bottom of my screen, think differently so you can live powerfully. Uh, If you want to – well, you will want to sow a seed because I talked to you about how to break through in money and where you start, and you definitely want to sow. You always want to sow into those kinds of words, uh, liberty, healing, finances, recovery, and, and for certainly innovation. I prophesy to you today that your innovations are going to find a new outlet but they're going to be different because of what's coming on the planet. Don't be so caught up in sorrow and sadness that you don't take advantage of the opportunity to innovate solutions to what's happening. Some of you have things already in your, in your life. Somebody has something under the bed. I see you have a whole plan, a, a, a portfolio of source or binder of source under your bed, and you just, you, just, you know, you pull it out every now and then, and you kind of, you know, moan over it and throw it back. But God said, go and perfect your visions. This is a season to f- perfect visions. And stop letting your feelings dictate what your intelligence knows is the right thing to do. Feeling the right thing to do is not just in the heart. It's also in the mind, and I can go into that in another Soul Sunday, but do that. So uh, by now I'm sure that Rachel has the uh, sow a seed. You do want to sow a seed to this. And I can tell you I'm sitting here today because all of these things that I shared with you and all of these principles I've practiced, and I went from experiment to experience, and that's how life works. Uh, So let me know. You know, put some comments out there as to what this did for you today. In the meantime, join us Sunday at the Embassy, home of the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands. And until you do, continue to replay this so we can change your thoughts so that you start thinking differently and you begin to live powerfully. Love you much. God bless.